You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast and what was one of the wildest nights of baseball for the 2023 Braves thus far. An incredible 13-10 win, another comeback against the New York Mets, and a series sweep to boot. We have got an awful lot of things to talk about in this show, and if you watched any portion of this game or at least checked in at the end, then you're probably wondering what in the world happened on a night that Spencer Strider and Justin Verlander hooked up on the mound. Well, a lot of things happened, as it turns out, and this is the kind of show that's going to tell you a little bit about all of it. This is the Braves Postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Go ahead and click that like button if you're a big fan of crazy comeback wins for the Atlanta Braves, because goodness knows we're making a habit out of talking about these things, that's for sure. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jake, this one, I mean, a, every one of these comebacks has been just a little bit different. The first two, though, you know, it just involved maybe a different guy being involved. Of course, that comeback in, uh, in Arizona was the Grand Slam by Eddie Rosario. That feels like is what kind of started this trend. But this was a night on this one against the Mets where it took everyone to make this thing happen, culminating with Ozzy Albies hitting the walk-off in the 10th inning. You heard Brian Snicker talking about it a little bit there in the postgame before he jumped on. I mean, this is truly a team effort. It took everybody in this one to get the job done. In fact, everybody had a hit tonight except for Ozzy Albies yep. until he stepped up to the plate for that last at bat to walk it off. So what just an amazing win for the Atlanta Braves. Now, we were joking about maybe not having as many notes in front of us as we normally do after a game because usually there's kind of a pace to a game where it's like, okay, well, Remember back in the second inning, that's when the Braves jumped on the board or when this happened or that happened. And then, you know, a couple of innings later, maybe there was a little bit more action and maybe another crooked number gets hung up on the board by either team. But either way, you feel like there's a certain flow to this kind of thing. This was a game where it just felt like buckle in. We'll let you know when the ride stops. And fortunately for the Braves, it stopped with them leading the game and thus winning the game by a 13 to 10 score in 10 innings. Game number 62 for the Braves on the season. Closing out a sweep, a three-game sweep of the New York Mets in fine fashion. Mets dropped to three games under 500 as their losing streak continues. They're 30 and 33. Ten runs, 14 hits, an error, nine men left on base. You'd think of Dave Justin Verlander's pitching. You score 10 runs, you knock Spencer Strider around, you're going to have a chance to win a baseball game. But the Atlanta Braves offense had a little bit to say about that as well. 38 and 24 now are the Braves as they pick up this victory. 13 runs, 19 hits, no errors, 10 men left aboard. Rysel Iglesias, he looked electric. He was the man who pushed it into extras and uh, picked up the uh, victory for him. He's now 2-2. Two and two. Tommy Hunter, 0-1 oh on the season now, and no save, obviously, in a game that the Braves walked off at home. Three hours, 33 minutes, 39,347 paid fans uh, to see this one. But I, I really felt like this was one of those where we didn't really know how it was going to end or where it was going to stop. But as the Braves kept chipping away throughout the course of this game, Jake, you just felt like, and Brian Snitker said this time and time again, as long as we've got an out or a strike, in some cases to work with, we're going to find a way to at least be in it and give them a finish. And boy, did Ozzy Albies and company give them a finish tonight. It, I mean, it just feels like that. We've been talking about it, this run they're on. Four straight comeback wins now, five wins in a row, and it just it feels different. I mean, this team just, again, they're never out of it right now. As you mentioned, a game where 
Spencer Strider, your best starter, gets knocked around and you come back and keep chipping away and stay in the game. Some incredible work out of the bullpen, specifically Joe Jimenez, to pitch two scoreless innings and looked really good there, hold down that Mets lineup and allow the Braves to come back. I mean, it's just, again, there's so many moments, there's so many spots in this game that you could go and look at for this Braves team. But it's just incredible what this offense is doing right now. It's on an incredible Role And you just can't count them out of any game right now just because of the power that they have up and down the lineup. They can strike quickly at any moment. And you talked about it in the ninth inning there. Marcelo Zuna should have been a leadoff walk. And you're Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, is that going to be the base runner right there? Is that going to come back to hurt him? Next man up. Maybe he gets away with a check swing. But next man up, he launches it, ties the game up. Oh, by the way, Orlando Arcia, I mean – what an amazing job he has done. I know we've talked about it over and over again, but the guy just continues to come up with some big hits. Yeah, he does. And it's just kind of been part and parcel to what he has brought, the steady defense, the great arm at shortstop, making all the plays and really chipping in at the plate. And that would be selling him woefully short. He has been exactly what the Braves need at shortstop. I did think, and I want to get into Spencer Strider in a moment because we got to cover kind of the good and the bad of this night. And this was not a memorable night for Spencer Strider. Worst start of his career, as a matter of fact. But going back into that ninth inning when Orlando Arcia hit that game-tying home run, Marcelo Zuna should have walked. But I was looking through the pitch tracks of that about watching it live. Not only was it the check swing, but there could have been a call strike for David Robertson that would have put away uh, Orlando Arcia as well. So maybe the baseball gods giveth after they take it away. Either way, the Braves were able to get some extra life from that game-tying home run, and they were able to cash in their chips in the 10th inning and pick up that victory. Uh, Spencer Strider, though, in this game, I mean, eight runs on eight hits. All of those runs are earned. A couple of home runs, including a grand slam home run by Brandon Nimmo. That felt like it could be, and I know I had somebody tweet at me, man, that grand slam. As they look back late in the game about the one shot that the Mets got really on the Braves that might have been the knockout blow, or as I like to call it, those are usually a backbreaker. Well, the Braves bullpen was able to come in behind him, keep it close, but Uh, Kind of a forgettable night for Spencer. The velocity was down a little bit going on later into the start. Uh, He's kind of been a little bit hit or miss throughout the month of May. Not a bad month for him, but not as good, certainly, as his April was. And this start here is a forgettable one because, again, it is the worst start of his career. What did you make of some of the trends and some of the way that things were going for Spencer Strider? Because it just seemed like, uh, even though he struck out eight guys, the Mets were not getting cheated against him, and they were making him count. I was going to say, I mean, he still struck out eight guys. He still had 17 swings and misses. I mean, you can see the dominant stuff still there. You did see the velocity tick down a little bit, but this Mets team just seems to have a really good game plan against him. And that blow from Brandon Nimmo, I mean, that was huge. You get out of that. There was two outs there. You get out of that. You know, maybe he gets into a little bit of a rhythm there. <laughs> Obviously, anytime you give it a grand slam and immediately give up four runs, that's going to swing things a good bit. But velocity down a little bit and I just think the Mets have a pretty good game plan against them they put the ball in play they foul off tough pitches we've seen that when when they face Spencer Strider before but all in all just not a great night for him when he was missing missing out over the plate getting hit particularly hard so um, you know not his best outing. I mean, I'm not worried about him long term, especially if sure. the velocity is not a thing that we continue to see. He has to be, you know, 96, 97, 98 instead of, you know, his slowest pitch tonight was 93 and a half. I mean, 94 miles per hour. That's not what we're used to seeing from Spencer Strider. So, again, I think he'll be fine long term. You still see the dominant stuff there with the eight strikeouts. But when the Mets hit him tonight, they hit him really hard. 
Yeah, they did. And you don't normally see that. And the Mets have been kind of a thorn in his side on more than one occasion. Now, this one, again, you know, a, a really rough outing that he's going to look to regroup and take what he can from it. But it honestly ended up not being the story of the night. It was a story early on. But I mean, as you can see, you know, we thought that this was going to be maybe an old fashioned pitcher's duel with a whole bunch of strikeouts. Yeah, we saw some strikeouts, but there was, uh, what, 23 runs and 33 hits on the night that Spencer Strider and Justin Verlander are opposing one another on the mound. I would have taken the under on the, what, 23 runs uh, on a night like that. But uh, Verlander did not pitch much better, as a matter of fact. The Braves were able to knock him around a little bit. He only went three innings, allowed five runs, four of them earned, four walks and seven hits for him. A home run to Austin Riley early on. Only three strikeouts for Verlander. He has not really been able to get on track. He's been injured some this year as well. But the Braves did a nice job of chipping away against the Mets bullpen, whereas the Mets got a couple of runs against Michael Tonkin. And then once they got into the, I I would say, the arms that you expect to see kind of later in the game for the Braves, or at least some guys who stepped in and did the job, uh, most certainly the Braves bullpen gave them an advantage because there were, uh, what, six six Mets relievers that were used. Only one of them tossed scoreless baseball, and that was Brooks Raley. He even gave up a couple of hits. So the Braves had a threat going, it seemed like, all the time against the Mets on this night. And later on, they were able to really get the blows they needed to come even. But this was, I felt like, a great job by the offense to just continue to chip away. I know they missed some opportunities. The runners in scoring position wasn't always where the Braves were cashing in in the early and even middle part of the game. But when it got late, the big hits started coming, and the Braves got all they needed. We've talked about it. I mean, it's just this offense keeps coming. And as you said, there were even times in this game where it looked like they were going to have a big inning. You had a double play there that killed a rally where it looked like maybe they were going to chip away some more. So, I mean, this offense, just every inning, putting a threat out there and getting to Justin Verlander, 11 hits off Max Scherzer one night. You come back the next night and get seven hits off of Justin Verlander and knock him out after three innings. I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know about where this offense is at right now i know it's been kind of sluggish there at parts of the month of may but now we're seeing it on clicking on all cylinders obviously michael harris getting going now as we talked about i think this makes this the best lineup in baseball when he's going like that and austin riley is just unbelievable at the moment and you get into that mets bullpen which has been a problem for them and you saw that again tonight so you're able to knock justin verlander out and that's why i never thought this team was really out of it because you get into that bullpen that's had some struggles and they're able to get to them. Even, you know, David Robertson, really good reliever. This Mm -hmm. is another thing too. This is the game the Mets really, really needed. And you saw them go after that. I mean, you don't want to get swept here. It's still early in the season. There's plenty of time, but you know, they had to come out and win this game. And you could see that the way they came out against Spencer Strider. Then they go to David Robertson trying to get a five out save because they Mm -hmm. really needed to win this game. And the Braves were able to spoil that as well. Yeah, I mean, you saw Buck Showalter make pitching change after pitching change based on necessity and then also to get more favorable matchups because the Braves' offense just would not seem to stop. And, yeah, some of those rallies, they went by the wayside or where you had a big threat, maybe you just had to settle for one. But the Braves were able to ultimately you know, win those matchup battles. And, yeah, when David Robertson came in for a five-out save, you knew how badly the Mets wanted to win this game. Uh, they've got a losing streak they're trying to snap. They've also not had very much fun at Truist Park on their last couple of stays either as the Braves get another three-game sweep here in the month of June this time around, whereas the last one was a knockout blow in the National League East battle between these two clubs a year ago. We'll talk a little bit more about the Braves' offense, some of the big hits in this one, but I want to let you know about one of our great sponsors because this edition of the Braves' postcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable, functional, and versatile shorts you will ever find. They feel great. They fit great. 
Try them out and find out for yourself. Just go on over to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Enter the promo code LockedOnMLB. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order as well. Uh, big hits for the Braves were in uh, not in short supply on this night, I should say. You were looking for a few of them. You would have liked to have had it earlier if you just didn't want to wait around for an extra inning game, which isn't always the best outcome for this Braves club. But uh, Austin Riley got it started early with a two-run homer that highlighted a three-run first inning against Verlander. You had to feel really good about that. Then the second inning happened for the Mets. They scored five times. They went ahead, and they stayed ahead all the way until the ninth inning. But Austin Riley, that home run, the first of his four hits on the night, he scored three runs. He knocked in the two with one swing of the bat. How about Orlando Arcia? He had the game-tying home run in the ninth inning. It came after that Ozuna strikeout that looked like it could have been a walk. Then Arcia looked like he could have been struck out a couple times, but he takes Robertson deep, ties things up. Ozzy Albies, as you mentioned, he was the only guy who hadn't gotten to join the hit parade. His walk-off three-run homer gave the Braves the victory. And how about Travis Darno? Each and every time the Braves were doing something good, it seemed like Darno was in the middle of it. Three for four, a home run, two runs knocked in, four runs scored, and two walks, Jake. I mean, when you put what Travis is doing and what Sean Murphy is doing together, the Braves have something pretty special behind the plate, and they, we saw it again on this night. Every night, almost, if you know one of them is not in the DH, you have a really good hitter sitting there on the bench, and this offense is still just really good. I mean, Travis Darno, who's sitting a lot because Sean Murphy is an all-star and having one of the best seasons in baseball and is great behind the plate, yeah. you know, he just steps in every now and then and picks up a couple of hits, takes a couple of walks, get a couple of key hits. I mean, that's just what he does. But, yeah, I go back to the first inning in this one. It's been so long ago now, and Austin Riley hits that two-run homer. You have the ball that goes under Marte's glove, and – Mm -hmm. uh, Travis comes around to score from first base, which doesn't happen very often unless something like that happens. And you're thinking, okay, Braves up 3-0 Strider on the mound. They're about to cruise to a victory here. That was not the case as we yeah. saw, but still a great start to the game. Austin Riley, I mean, he is just tearing the ball up right now. Four hard hit balls tonight, as you mentioned, four hits. Uh, the big home run in the first inning there. Ozuna gets that home run as well that sneaks over the wall in left field. And then Michael Harris, I think we got to keep talking about it. Another multi-hit game, some good swings from him as well. Rocket shot right up the middle for a hit. He also had a walk in this one. So, I mean, everybody getting it done. It's what we envisioned when the season started. You get this lineup healthy. You get them all clicking at the same time. And these are the results I think you're going to see. Yeah, not too often do we sit around and not get to Ronald Acuna Jr. until we're nearly 15 <laughs> minutes into one of these shows, which is about the time we start wrapping these shows up. But uh, he was able to put in another multi-hit game, knocked in a run, scored a run. He was doing his thing as well, causing a little havoc on the base paths, which is always fun. But the home runs in this game belong to Riley, his 11th. Ozuna hit his 12th home run for Darno, just his second of the year. Orlando Arcia with his fifth. And Ozzy Albies, his 14th home run of the year, batting left-handed no less. And it was an absolute shot out to right field. He teed off on that pitch and sent the Braves home a winner as that one landed in the chop house. And for the Braves, it capped their third consecutive comeback victory against New York, fourth consecutive comeback victory overall when you go back to the Rosario Grand Slam game, which – for some reason, feels like it was a month ago at this point because there's just been so much packed into not only the series, but every single game of this series. It just feels like we've been at it for a minute here with the Braves and the Mets, but you'll take it because the outcome was the Braves with the late rallies and they got them what they needed. But just a crazy night of baseball when you consider what this pitching matchup was and what your expectations might have been, the Braves' hopes to uh, beat another Cooperstown-bound Hall of Fame starter. Well, they didn't hang the loss on him, but they ultimately came out with a 13-10 to 10 victory. 
let's turn the page, if we can, to the Washington Nationals, who are next up on this homestand. They roll in on Friday. It's game one of a three-game series, and we do have some excitement to talk about when it comes to this one. No, it's not the fact that the Nats are playing a little bit better this year, and they've got some nice young players. We're going to see the first major league start of A.J. smith Shaver. He did make his major league debut on Sunday against the Arizona Diamondbacks with two and a third scoreless innings. Seven starts, an ERA just over one, 45 strikeouts in 33 innings in the minor leagues, opponents hitting 164 against him. That kind of resume got him a call up at 20 years of age to jump into the Braves rotation. Jake, I'm excited about this when he goes up against Josiah Gray, but I think all eyes, at least from our perspective, are going to be on what A.J. smith Shaver can do. Not going to lie, I'm surprised. Uh, not just to see him get called up so quickly, but to see him move into that starting rotation. But I am fascinated to see what he can do and really excited about him. Obviously, uh, love the talent that he has, the arm talent he has. So can't wait to see what he can do. And Josiah Gray, a good young pitcher who's had some really good outings against the Atlanta Braves in his young career. So the one thing you cannot do, just like in college football, you kind of have that letdown game after a big win. You cannot have that happen here against the Nats. And I'm sure the Braves know that, and you can say it as much as you want to, but still that kind of creeps in after you have a, a big win like they had and a big series sweep like they had. You cannot let your guard up against this Nationals team, which, as you said, has been playing a lot better. And, you know, Gore or Gray's a good pitcher. McKenzie Gore on Saturdays, a really good young pitcher as well with a lot of strikeouts. So cannot let up here. Got to keep this momentum going. Yeah, the Braves have been pretty good at not allowing their emotions to kind of you know ride in or bleed over into the next game, whether positive or negative. But you do look at this, and with the Nationals playing a little bit better this year, you know, still you know quite a few games under five hundred, but better than I think people thought they had any right to be this year. At least uh, you know if you looked at all the projections prior to the season, I don't think too many people were expecting much more than maybe another hundred loss season for the Nationals. But they may be able to surprise a few folks, or at least themselves, and start kind of building back up. And Josiah Gray, who came over in the Max Scherzer trade with the L.A. Dodgers, has been a nice little piece of that. He's 4-5 and five with 309 ERA on the year against Smith Schauber, just the two and a third big league innings. But he has been dynamite, uh, electric, whatever adjective you want to use of the positive variety. That's what he's been at three different minor league stops before getting called up from Rome to Mississippi to Gwinnett and then to Atlanta, where he's going to make his first major league start in front of a crowd at Truist Park on Friday night against the Washington Nationals, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is that first pitch. Jake, I don't do this too often, but this was a crazy night, so I'm just going to ask you, not for final thoughts, but do you think we missed anything in this one? Because we certainly tried to cover it all, and it was a lot to pack into one episode. Well, I got to mention the, the broadcast booth on this night because it was yeah. a lot of fun to listen to that as well and hear those guys try to go with the home run call. So that was a lot of fun as well that made this night a little bit more special. I thought that was good. But as far as the game go, I'm sure there's plenty we're missing because there was so much in here. But I think we got most of the highlights. Yeah, an awful lot. I mean, like, props again to the Braves bullpen that was able to do a lot of good things. I think we saw some good stuff from Joe Jimenez. We saw Jesse Chavez defy all convention and logic again by getting into trouble working his way out of trouble and you had to love how rice Iglesias was so pumped up i mean i know this wasn't a playoff type atmosphere but it certainly felt like two heated rivals that were going at it even if this is kind of a maybe a holdover maybe a carryover effect a little bit from last season as much as anything and the braves were able to deliver on three consecutive nights and we delivered you a braves postcast for all three of these exciting games make sure you're subscribed here on youtube to locked on sports atlanta go ahead hit that like button share the show with a friend tell a friend uh, phone a friend, send a telegram, whatever you want to do, but it helps the show and it helps us out as well. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. So that'll wrap us up here on this edition of the Braves Postcast. Once again, a crazy night of baseball, 13 to 10. Braves over the Mets. 
We will be back soon with another edition of the Braves Postcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 